Welcome, MomQ listeners. As you know, this semester, our format has been to have a message coupled with an interview of one of our mentor moms who shares her testimony about the topic of the week. Well, this week, our mentor mom, Jess Gerke, was scheduled to be our interview mom and unfortunately was sick and so was unable to attend. I was able to meet with her separately once she felt a little bit better and her testimony is fantastic and I wanted to share it with you in its entirety. So we have released it as an individual episode and I hope that you enjoy it. All right, well, Jessica, thanks so much for agreeing to share your story with us this morning. And we've been talking about how to shape our children's character and how it has so much to do with what they worship. Um, So I'm going to ask you some questions about that. But first, I want you to just tell us about how you and your husband, Dave, came to faith in Jesus. Absolutely, Candice. Thank you so much for um, inviting me. It's a pleasure to to be here. Um, So um, our our faith story. Okay, so um, I grew up in a very religious family in central Mexico, and we would go to church every week, and um, we would actually pray the rosary every single night in in our house um, on our knees. (laughs) And um, we actually have a nun in our family, and both my grandmother and my, my mom were part of our church's Um, charity ministry helping run the soup kitchen and um, doing some health outreach and stuff Um, so for me growing up it was very much about doing all the things right Mm -hmm. whereas on the other hand um, my husband David he grew up um, as a cultural member of the same religion that I um, adhere to but um, his um, reality was very different in that he attended church uh, once, maybe twice per year. Um, but really, um, in his heart, he was agnostic, kind of leaning toward um, atheism. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were very different uh, in terms of our oh, faith gotcha. coming into the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early years of our marriage, um, you know, through manipulation and shaming and um, just plain imploring, um, I tried so hard to quote-unquote convert him. Um, I just wanted to get him to do the things that I thought were necessary to be right with God. Um, I was trying to put kind of a band-aid on uh, what really is a heart issue. After many years of trying and really just failing, um, this was adding too much friction to our relationship. So Mm. I decided to actually just leave it alone and sadly, I too distanced myself from God mm. for many years. Um, and honestly, those were uh, some of the emptiest and loneliest years of my life. Yeah. Um, thinking back on it. <clears throat> Makes sense. Um, so we moved to Austin in November of 2010. Um, by January of 2011, David had a terrible car, terrible car accident. Oh, goodness. Um, the car was completely totaled. And um, about a week later, he uh, realized that uh, he had a life-threatening blood clot. Um, so for the next six months, you know, um, I, I gave him shots like to the stomach, like twice a day. And then wow. he was taking um, uh, just a lot of medications for it. Uh, mm. And then by May of that year, my grandmother, who was um, a second mother figure because I grew up in her house, um, passed away. And that was um, just 
so hard for me personally. And then by September of 2011, we found ourselves newly pregnant and homeless due to the fires that happened in Steiner Ranch oh my during that Labor Day weekend. Oh my and um, we lost our home and pretty much everything in it. Mm. Um, and, you know, um, a lot of people always say, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry that that happened. But really, when we think back on it, we believe that that was just the best thing that could have happened to us. Um, because this is where Jesus found us. Um, I had started attending a Bible study and um, I was at my lowest during a very challenging year and after getting some really scary news about the pregnancy in December of 2011, um, I just found myself completely broken. Um, I I literally (laughs) was just sobbing and I got down to my knees and I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. Um, I remember we were in the rental home still because our, our home was still being built and um, and I was in the bathroom and I just I just lost it wow. and um, after that I discovered a personal relationship with my creator and realized that it was not my job to convert my husband um, only the Holy Spirit can do that it is a heart issue and I have no reach in there um, <clears throat> excuse me so I started to work on myself, right, to be a better wife and to be a better mother. Um, and I started praying hard for David, praying that God would find someone who could speak into him. Um, it took an additional four years of wow. really intense study um, on his part, um, weekly small group meetings um, and weekly coffee dates with our pastor. And, um, and he did all that, right? He was really digging for the truth. Um, but David finally surrendered to Praise God. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time, the waiting wasn't as painful. Like I said, it was four years from the time that I surrendered and, um, and when he found Jesus. But this time, that waiting was not as painful as before because... Um, I had Jesus on my side, Mm. you know, and um, I was learning myself to trust God's timing. And um, it became very apparent through um, the whole year 2011, uh, all the things that happened. um, And then when we were thinking back on it, we would see God's hand in, in every single corner of, you know, that we went through. Um, and so for sure, um, God's timing is, is amazing. Mm, that's yeah, that's so good. Jess. Thank you so much for telling us um, about that. Cause that is, it's so impactful and, and leading up to how you guys parented. So tell us about Emmy and Liam, your kids and, and their faith journey. Yes, so um, in addition to doing a Bible study, I actually started attending a uh, a parenting group, a mothering group, really, mom to mom, and um, and I did three years of that, and I had such healing, you know, um, just the way I was raised, and, um, and, and I wanted to be a better parent, right? I wanted God to be in my children's lives, um, Emmy was about five years old when I started doing um, all of this, when, when I had a personal relationship with Jesus and I started doing the classes. Um, Liam was um, still in my belly, <laughs> um, which means that they have both really grown up very much in the church. 
Um, Amy got to experience firsthand, um, you know, her parents' transformation. I mean, she was old enough to remember a lot of it. Um, and, you know, David would do all these studies and he would watch videos and stuff. And, and a lot of the time she'd sit next to him and she maybe didn't understand everything, but she remembers him digging in, you know? Whereas for Liam, um, this is all he knows. He just knows church parents. <laughs> um, and joyfully, Emiliana accepted Jesus at the age of nine, and she was baptized along with her daddy. They actually came to Christ right around the same time, which I was I remember that baptism. Mm -hmm. I was there. Yeah, it was, it was so wonderful, so wonderful. Um, and then Liam was actually baptized this year, and he is 10 years old now. Um, you know, but that's not the end. Far from it, right? Um, Emmy's currently in the process of, of really questioning and really trying to own her own faith. Um, and we just, we've had the pleasure of really being able to disciple her through it um, and also have the privilege of, of having other members of our community, right? The church and, mm -hmm. and our small group um, pouring into her as well. Um, you know, in our home, as, as you very well know, we have the model of question everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that includes their beliefs, right? And, and our beliefs. Um, and so we don't want our children to, to believe something because we do or because it's expected of them, mm -hmm. right? We want so them good. to search and really own their own faith. Um, and, and really, in reality, Christianity begs to be questioned, um, we encourage them to dig deep and, and find the truth, right? And Jesus' light will, will shine through because, you know, we're certain of it. And that is the truth. Love um, it. Love it. So, so good. Um, <clears throat> allowing them to own their own faith in that way. So um, that will take them through life. Um, so tell us about a connection maybe that you've seen between what rules their hearts mm -hmm. and their character mm -hmm. and how that, how, what you've seen there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and you know, whether we like it or not, all of us, we all walk around with a set of personal priorities that inform and, and really guide our beliefs and, and our decisions, our everyday decisions. Um, we always share that um, your bank account and or your calendar right will show you what it is that you value what is in your yep. heart yep um and so likewise for our children you know we have all experienced that one child right whether maybe yours or somebody else's um who is so into like a game or a toy or or you know clothing you know certain name brands or whatever and they feel like they just cannot imagine their life without it right <laughs> And, um, and what happens when, when you take that away, right? They have placed this thing on a pedestal in their hearts mm -hmm. and it has become an idol for them. And we've all seen, you know, what happens when the parent takes that away? You know, when, when you remove that, what happens? Yeah. Instant tantrum, right? Yes. Um, and so with young children, oftentimes it is just better, better to avoid certain temptations. And um, I would just... Side note, implore every single parent out there to wait as long as possible to give their children any sort of electronic, um, a phone, social media, because um, it is just a gateway to so many other issues. Mm. So the longer you can hold off, really, the better your children will be. Um, but it isn't always avoidable, right? Um, in which case, you know, a calm conversation um, with well-thought um 
thought out age appropriate questions to guide your child into reasoning and see your point of view it is very helpful right mm. um that's good it, it is better to to talk through it mm-hmm. right and for them to reason through some of the choices that you're making mm-hmm. for them yeah kind of buy into it correct yeah. yeah that's good that's good so what advice can you give these mamas today about shaping their kids' character for the teen years? Mm, yes. Well, you know, everyone talks about how hard the teen years are. And I will say that it really begins when they're toddlers. Right? Absolutely. If you're having all the conversations when they're little, when later on, Right? If you have a point of reference, it'll become easier. And here's what I mean by that. Um, one of the things that, that, that I strongly encourage parents to do is to anchor their children's self-worth right, in their definition in the one who made them. Right? Mm-hmm. And the earlier you do this, the better. This is really crucial for later discussions in dealing with the inevitable obstacles that you will encounter in life. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, for us personally, whenever my daughter would come home from school after having a you know mean girl encounter or having a bad day or what have you, um, we would combat her negative self-talk with God's truth, right? And so um, she would share what happened at school or you know at the playground or with the friends or whatever, and we would quietly listen all the way through. Um, yes, absolutely. Just sit and be quiet and listen, mm-hmm. right? Just let it, let them, you know, get it all out. And then when she was ready to, to receive feedback, I would tell her that God does not make mistakes, right? God does not make, you know, insert whatever the negative self-talk that she was um, telling herself, mm. right? Um, and I would tell her, you know, he made you exactly the way he intended you to be. And he has a mission for you, and he made you exactly for that mission. Um, and um, so this is something that we actually always repeated in our house. And not only when she was having issues or struggling through something, but, you know, if we were at the playground and I was swinging her or, you know, she came down the slide or, or you know, whenever. I would just find little moments, sweet little moments where she was paying attention. And, um, and I would tell her, who made you? Kind of like a game, you know? And she'd say, God. Um, and then I would say, how did he make you? And then um, sometimes she would say fearfully and wonderfully, but also I would take in his image, right? And then mm-hmm. I, would t- I would ask her, whose are you? And she'd say, God's. And then I would ask her, what are you? And she would say, a daughter of God. And then so I was always, you know, and I wouldn't, I, not always would I have time for all the questions, but, you know, depending on, on where we were at, but mm-hmm. I always, always ended up with, um, who loves you no matter what, right? And the answer is God. And I would tell her, I love you so, 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 so much, but guess what? God loves you even more, right? So good, Jess. Um, and so we, I mean, this was like a little mantra, if you will, that, that we would just you know, say all the time. And, and we would say it when she was little and as she was growing up, you know, I kept repeating it, you know, time and time again. And, um, when, you know, when she was 10 to 12 and, um, you know, I, I would, I would whisper it in her ear, 
like a like our little secret and she loved that she Aww. really she really loved that and so you know when i was prepping for um for chatting with you i actually asked her <laughs> i just went up to her because it's been a while i mean she's she's 15 years old now and it has been a while um since i've actually gone through this and, and i just went up to her and i was like emmy who made you and without missing a beat she was like god <laughs> Love it. And love so it. I was like, you know, she internalized it. It, it was mm -hmm. in there. Um, it's a little bit different with my son because um, he's been homeschooled his whole life and he doesn't, he hasn't had like mean girl moments. Um, and so I, I haven't been as faithful with it, um, with him yet. When I did ask him as well, just last week, um, it took him a little moment um, because he didn't know what uh, answers I expected, but he gave me the right answers. That's awesome. um, and so somehow he internalized it as well. But I've had, um, I think, more time with him in that we were homeschooling, and so we mm -hmm. had we had just more time that we spent together. But um, but he has internalized it too, which which is amazing. Mm. Um, another thing that I would recommend is um, to always have a kingdom facing life. And what do I mean by that? Is um, when you're making decisions, right, you and your husband or, um, um, you know, in your family, um, do you take into consideration whether your decision will have a kingdom impact, mm. right? And if you already do this, amazing. But do your children know that you do this, right? It is very important to share that decision-making process with them. Um, and, and that's something that we do um, with our children, right? When we're faced with something, we um, we discuss it as a family, and and we and we talk about you know is this impacting you know the kingdom for God, mm -hmm. um, and then help them to think about those same things when they're making their own decisions. Sure, right? Yeah. Whether it's in the playground, whether it's um, you know homework they're doing, is this impacting the kingdom in some in some way, right? Um, and and how can we do that? Mm -hmm. um, Another thing is to engage them in conversation whenever possible. Let them just think, really think things through um, and, and really just guide them with, with follow-up questions. You know, a lot of the times they arrive at the same place you want them to, but if they arrive there on their own, they're more likely to internalize it. Oh, yeah. Whether, sure. whether you just feed them the answer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so just um, let them reason. And, and sit with them, and it might take a little longer, mm -hmm. but it'll stick. It'll yeah. really stick. Um, and then another thing that I would really encourage my parents to do is to let their children fail. I know it's hard, <laughs> um, but um, let them fail. But in addition to that, help them to learn, you know, through those failures. Mm -hmm. Let them experience natural consequences now so that later they can be more discerning when making decisions, you know, when so making important. a choice. Um, and so let them experience responsibility and the outcomes of their choices, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, for my children, I, I would say, please take a sweater, it's gonna get cold later. I would tell them once, maybe twice. If they didn't do it and it was cold later on, guess what, I have my sweater. And I'm cold and I'm wearing a sweater. I may give you a hug, but I'm not gonna give you my sweater. That's so good, so <laughs> and it, good. And it, and it hurts because you're the mother, right? But the next time, maybe they won't 
forget their story. Maybe they'll mind you Absolutely. when you're asking them to do something. So, mm-hmm. so just let them fail. Um, and it builds character for sure. And <laughs> the last and maybe one of the most important things is to build trust. Mm. Um, build that trust with your children. Um, don't promise something that you are not 100% sure that you're going to be able to deliver on. Um, admit when you are wrong and apologize. Yes. And if possible, try to make amends. Um, we try to always give um, age-appropriate reasons for our rules so we don't just come down with a rule and say, because I said so. Mm-hmm. We never say that in our house. Um, they're welcome to um, if they don't agree with our rule and our reasoning, they're welcome to put together an argument, present it to us, give us their evidence, um, and we will reconsider. We will deliberate. That doesn't mean that we're gonna necessarily change our rule, you know, but at least they will have felt heard yeah. and reasoned with. Yeah. And you know, and a lot of the times, we, we may change the rule a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, if 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 they come to us with a good enough argument, and actually as they get older, they're thinking these things through. Mm-hmm. You know, and so my children have come up with you know interesting solutions to different things. <laughs> um, but but really at the end, when it comes to rules, their buy-in is imperative. Mm-hmm. It is imperative um, because we don't want them to just follow a rule when somebody is looking. We want them to internalize it and and believe in in the rule that it is for their own good, and they're more likely to you know do the right thing. Right. Really. Yeah. Um. And so, really, I would say involve them in decision making as much as you can. Um. Our kids are very active participants in their upbringing and their education. It doesn't mean right that they're driving um, you know, their education and they're making all the decisions. Um, but they're sharing their opinion. Um, and it's incredible what you can learn if you engage their little brains in logical conversation and just really sit and listen because um, their brains just work in a different way. You know, they're not in a little box yet. Um, and so just listen, listen. I love that. Mm-hmm. So such good stuff, Jess. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, I hope you're feeling better. Oh, thank you. And, uh, I know. I've been battling a little cold. <laughs> so we're, we're just uh, thrilled. This is great stuff. So thank you so much. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you.